हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट एट पार्टनरशिप अमंग डिफरेंट लेवल्स ऑफ गवर्नमेंट यूनियन एंड स्टेट गवर्नमेंट एंड आवर टॉपिक इज मल्टी लेयर डिसीजन मेकिंग एडमिनिस्ट्रेटिव डिसेंट्रलाइजेशन इज नेसेसिटेटेड by the principle of reconciliation between two divergent tendencies the widening range of common interests and the need for the local autonomy federal political system have now acquired more popularity in this system it is easier to maintain a higher relationship between the various diverse elements in terms of language ethnic origin culture habits and way of life for the administrative convenience it is a multi layer decision making centers are organized vertically and horizontally and even layer of government has its specific powers and responsibilities now let us move to the next point the role of the government over the years while the role of the government as a direct investor has diminished with the advent of liberalization it remains an active player in the investment domain four critical roles of the government have emerged in the current scenario as an enabler of private investment activity by nurturing an environment that is conducive to private interest as a provider of critical infrastructure that can support production activity and thereby encourage investment as a partner of the private sector in public private partnerships and as an investor in sectors such as health and education where private interest and participation may not be adequate to serve the needs of society let us move to the next point the role of the enabler and the importance of governance governance refers to the management of all such processes which in any society define the environment that enables individuals to increase their capability levels and provide opportunities to realize their potential and enlarge the set of available choices it spans an entire range of issues and activities including the quality of regulation the delivery of public goods and services the efficiency of resource mobilization the management of public finances the empowerment of the public and quality of judiciary the three pillars on which the edifice of governance stands are institutions like parliament judiciary etc delivery mechanism like primary and executive apparatus 
and the supportive framework of rules, procedures and laws. The quality of governance is a critical determinant of the investment climate. Good governance can improve the incentive to invest in the following ways. The first is establishing credibility. Credibility and continuity of policy are critical to investment flows. Investors will agree to invest only if they believe that policies will remain unchanged and independent of the regime in power, particularly for infrastructure projects that have longer gestation period. The second is fostering public trust. Governance has to improve the mutual trust between the government and industry. The absence of trust in government with respect to the industry can lead to excessive regulation which in turn breeds rent-seeking behavior. On the other hand, mistrust of the government by investors can lead to an aversion of invest and attempts to circumvent the regulatory or policy environment in taking business decisions. At a fundamental level, India's superiority in the governance domain lies in the robustness of its institutions. It is a functioning democracy with an established civil service and independent judiciary. However, it is now an accepted fact that in the pre-liberalization era, excessive intervention or the license permit raj secured the incentive structure considerably. The key step in reducing the impact of excessive regulation was to reduce the degree of intervention in the economy. Steps like abolition of licensing, removing import quotas, as well as reservations are an integral part of improving governance. Current industrial trade and investment policy aim at facilitation rather than control. Policy making in the post-liberalization phase has focused on a long-term perspective and has signaled a commitment to the process of reform, a process of continuous improvement. Despite changes in government at both the center and states, there has been no reversal of any major reform initiatives that if affect investments. Now let us move to the next point, governance initiative in intellectual property rights. The smooth functioning of the intellectual property right QPR regime is critical to the growth and development of knowledge intensive sectors such as pharmaceutical and information technology. The government has recently taken a number of initiatives in modernizing and revamping the IPR regime in the country. 
इंडिया रिकोगनाइज बूथ प्रोडक्ट एंड प्रोसेस पेटेंट्स फ्रॉम 2005. द इंटेलेक्चुअल प्रॉपर्टी एपीलिएट ट्रिब्यूनल वाज मेड फंक्शनल फ्रॉम सेप्टेम्बर टू मेजर इनिशिएटिव्स आर अंडर वे फॉर मॉडर्नाइजिंग इंटेलेक्चुअल प्रॉपर्टी एडमिनिस्ट्रेशन सच एज कंप्यूटराइजेशन ऑफ इंटेलेक्चुअल प्रॉपर्टी एडमिनिस्ट्रेशन एंड क्रिएशन ऑफ अ डिजिटल डाटाबेस ऑफ पेटेंट्स ट्रेडमार्क्स लिक्विडेशन ऑफ बैकलॉग एंड डिजाइन रिकॉर्ड्स नाउ लेट अस मूव टू द नेक्स्ट पॉइंट द रोल एज अ प्रोवाइडर ऑफ इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चर while the government has taken a number of measures in the past to improve the availability and the quality of infrastructure there is title doubt that infrastructure facilities are below what could be termed optimal to support india's growth potential sunrise sector like it have their specific in- infrastructure needs that have to be met if their growth momentum is to be sustained given these pressures the government has to play an active role in improving infrastructural facilities given the quantum of the need it is impossible for the government to attempt to provide everything on its own and a large amount of both domestic private and external funds are necessary to bridge the gap in the past the desired amount of private domestic or foreign direct investment did not flow to the infrastructure sector for a number of reasons user charges in key infrastructure sectors like power has not been determined by the market entry norms in these sectors have not been clearly defined however regulation had potential for large scale improvements and over the last few years the government has taken a number of initiatives to rectify these problems and create a healthy environment for investment inflows Independent regulations for the sectors like the power and telecom have been set up both at the center and state levels who are given the freedom to set tariffs entry norms have been simplified with particular emphasis on enabling private sector participation FDI norms have also been eased considerably the recently enacted electricity act for instance introduces a comprehensive framework for reform in virtually every aspect of the sector let us move to the next point the role as investor in social sector social sectors like health and education are critical to the development process however these sector are susceptible to market failure in the sense that the market on its own cannot ensure that the optimal amount of these public goods and services are provided returns on projects in these sectors are often too low 
to invite significant participation and cha changing market rates may mean that sections of society which need these goods and services the most may not be able to afford them. Besides, the government needs to focus on programs specifically targeted at vulnerable groups. Thus, it needs to undertake investments in programs aimed at poverty alleviation or providing employment in times of crisis such as crop failure. Therefore, in these sectors, the government needs to be an active investor. Total investment by the central government in community, social and personal services was US 7.3 billion in 2001 and 2 and by the state government on the developmental expenditure on social services was 29 billion US dollar in 2003 and 4 as the government steps out of these sectors it should ideally step up the investment levels in the social sectors while there is no mechanical yardstick by which the optimal quantum of social sector investment can be determined the national common minimum program of the government targets investment in these sectors at 6% of GDP over the medium term. The government has historically been a key participant in investments in social sectors spanning an entire range of sectors and activities. However, recent evidence from the education and healthcare decentralization suggests that its impact is limited and its result mixed. There is no systematic relationship between the decentralization, economic development and poverty reduction. The decentralization has the potential to improve services for women, but there is little systematic research on this. Now let us conclude the unit. The basic idea behind this form of cooperation or partnership among different levels of government, union and state government was to encourage an increased opportunity of development in local communities by means of balanced exchange in the following sectors. The economy, commerce, culture, health, education, technology, training, social protection and all other fields of integrated human development. In the process, it became increasingly clear that the democratic, peaceful and development was the only way to solve problems. It strengthened the bonds between the people and reduced the chances of degeneration into violence. A, de a degeneration that is facilitated by the isolation and fragility of local populations. Decentralization has the potential to reduce accountability by breaking the links between the levels of taxation 
and expenditure. Major expenditure responsibilities are being transformed to local governments in an effort to improve the service delivery. But there are few high revenue taxes which can be assigned to local governments without creating national economic distortions. Efficiency in tax administration suggests that the local governments should levy taxes on immobile factors, for example, property taxes, and fiscal needs criteria suggest that they should also levy cost recovery user charges such as frontage taxes, tax per linear front foot of property tolls on local roads and poll taxes. These tax revenues are unlikely to be sufficient in many localities and thus intergovernmental transfers are required to mitigate this imbalance. While taxation increases can create constituent pressure for good local performance, some grant designs can create central government pressure for local performance. Now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the unit. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.